Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. I'm the crop production show in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan this week. And I'm joined right now by Gord Kerbis. He is with the Canada Grains Council. Gord, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Okay, uh, Gord, what do you do at Canada Grain Council? Uh, everything related to chemistry. Uh, in the end, we don't want to no longer be able to use chemistry, either because our trading partners uh, eliminate the chemistry uh, or maybe they've never approved it and therefore apply the principle of zero tolerance uh, to anything that we're shipping to them. So we don't want to lose chemistries that way. And we also don't want to lose chemistries uh, because of regulatory considerations in Canada, uh, which might be just process-based or related to delays and so on. We have a should I call it a precarious situation? I'm not sure the best way to describe it, but it, it, it has farmers in the industry concerned, which is for the 2023 growing season, they're no longer allowed to use the Lambda Psi products, Matador and Silencer. And uh, a lot of people are concerned about flea beetle control. They're concerned about grasshoppers. There are some other options, but there is a, con- you know, I would, I'm putting kind of broad brush here, but people are concerned they're losing a tool. How did we get here to this point? What what exactly has happened here between these the manufacturers of these of these products and PMRA? What's happened? Well, uh, to to take a couple of steps back because I think that's this one is a, a there, there's more to unpack on this one than the on the average chemistry. Uh, but in the end, you're absolutely right. Uh, we're poised to lose this unless something changes, uh, and we think that uh, it's going to be lost not for scientific reasons, but for process-based reasons, and I'll, I'll describe that in a moment. So, Sean, here's, here's how I would call it. Uh, in April of 2021, PMRA released a final decision uh, saying that uh, all food uses were allowed. Uh, for uh, So, uh, Lambda could be used on any crop uh, that was going to be consumed only for food, for human consumption, uh, but it couldn't be used on any crop uh, that was going to be fed. Um, and there's a 24-month implementation period. So in April of 2023, uh, that decision will come into effect. Now, uh, in, in that 24-month uh, implementation period, there was a separate reinstatement decision that uh, no one could see a reason why that wouldn't go through because uh, the data was so solid. Uh, but we just received abrupt notice about six and a half weeks ago from PMRA uh, that there were delays in timing. Uh, and so... That, that's not going to happen in time. So it looks like that uh, original April of 2021 decision is going to come into force in April of 2023 unless something changes. Is there an opportunity for something to change in time for this growing season, or is that yet to be determined? Uh, that's yet to be determined. Um, so here's why we think the the decision is fundamentally unworkable. It says if you've got a crop for food... Uh, no problem. I mean, from a regulatory and scientific perspective at, at PMRA, there is no uh, human health or environmental safety concern about applying uh, Lambda t- to your crop that's going to be used for food. But if it's used for feed, uh, then that use is disallowed. And Gord, Gord that just, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that seems... Without, it just seems backwards to what I would expect. I would expect of you, hey, you can't spray this on blueberries, but you can use it for feed. Is this a common, does this happen where it's okay for food, but not okay for feed uh, in other products? 
Uh, it's not super common, but you know, for, for, for various technical reasons, it, it happens from time to time, and this is one of the molecules that it happens to. When you say this is based on process, if, if it sounds like it's, I don't know if it's a hiccup, but it, how do we unwind it? Um, we know that the manufacturers are hopeful. We, I've heard they've talked about it on Real Agriculture. They're hopeful for being back in the market for 2024. Um, is this just we need time to unwind this process-oriented problem? Short answer, I think, is is yes. Uh, but just to take one step back, so uh, there will be some people maybe listening to this radio uh, interview that aren't aware that every major field crop in Canada is used for both food and feed, not your agriculture audience, which will already know that. Uh, right off the start, but every major crop is used for both. And then when you're in the field as a farmer uh, applying uh, a crop protection product, you may not know uh, how that crop is going to be used, whether it's going to be used for food and feed six months' time from now, that decision being made by somebody else in the value chain. So that's the fundamental problem, uh, and it's that means the decision is just fundamentally unworkable. Um, second thing, and this is why I call it process, uh, we have years of data from the Canadian Grain Commission showing that uh, lambda can't be detected in grain samples, and we've also got a whole bunch of uh, newer samples uh, that show there is virtually no detection of any residue. So once again, the PMRA is relying on what I would call modeling uh, instead of real-world data. And as a result, uh, a coalition of producer and industry associations from grains, oil seeds, pulses, special crops, dairy, beef, pork, horticulture, among others, have written to the Minister of Health asking him to delay implementation of its decision uh, or of Health Canada's decision through PMRA. Uh, And in using that delayed implementation time, we want the PMRA to uh, properly review and rely on the growing scientific evidence that demonstrates there is next to zero risk of finding any lambda residues on grain. And there are multiple examples that we could go through where, you know, to speak to exactly what you just said. I think of cold potatoes, right? They, cold potatoes are and can be fed to beef animals at a feed yard. But at the time you're growing the potatoes your intention is for those to be accepted by the processor and be used in the feed system, but you know, for whatever reasons, they are rejected. If this stays the way it is, those cold potatoes that if they've been sprayed with a Lambda product cannot be fed anymore to a feedlot. That, that's an example of how unworkable this is. Yeah, this reflects a growing concern that we have uh, with a lack of understanding in regulatory circles of agronomy and the agriculture value chain. For the go-forward, in order to try to create you know or rectify this situation is it basically the industry working with health canada the pmra to find a solution here to reverse this or is this something where like we saw similar to um the situation where health canada was talking about changing the front they had the warning labels the front of label for beef and pork they were talking about changing and, and there was a political side that basically, you know, the, the, the public, the consumer was pretty outraged about it. And Health Canada changed course. Is, is, is that where this is headed? Is where we're going to hear more about this in the public sphere? Well, uh, in, in our letter, uh, we said, look, this is unworkable. Here's why. And we need a fix. Um, and we pointed out that, for example, uh, the US EPA came to the conclusion uh, that 
yes, because of uh, the extreme unlikelihood of having residues detected, uh, Lambda continues to be registered for both food and feed uses in the U.S. Uh, so therefore, U.S. grain produced uh, will have been treated with Lambda, uh, but may not be eligible for import if the PMRA decision proceeds as it is. We don't think that government has thought through all the implications for trade, which could be massive. So to, to expand on that, we're, we're talking about U.S. corn coming north on the CP uh, and going to feed yards wouldn't be eligible, according to the, the way this is today. DDGs, another example. Uh, that's... that. that all of a sudden, an issue that we were talking about from the standpoint of flea beetles and grasshoppers, this is a much bigger football game that we're talking about here than just dealing with a couple insects. Yeah, this decision uh, has the room to create a lot of havoc and confusion in the marketplace, uh, and there are a lot of unknowns, such as how uh, the food feed distinction would be enforced on DDGs, corn, soy, etc., that would be coming up uh, from the U.S., and, and so there's an urgency to all of this as farmers are clearly buying inputs now for the 2023 growing season, and they don't have a clear picture of what will or will not be allowed by government. Gord, you understand this far better than, than I. Just help me out if this is a really dumb question. Why, why does real residue results not trump modeling? If we're relying on modeling... Why is that information seem to be more important than, hey, we can't actually find any residue levels? You know what, Sean? I, I wish I had a better answer to, than to say we don't know. Um, we certainly think uh, that the real-world data, including uh, many years of data having been generated by the government of Canada itself through the Canadian Grain Commission, showing no detectable residues, uh, that absolutely should be the cornerstone of the decision, and it, it's not. We talk a lot here on Real Agriculture across many different issues where we speak about you know, unintended consequences. It feels like this one is very much littered with exactly that from a ministerial perspective. Is there any opportunity for the, the political side to get involved and show some perspective and leadership when it comes to trying to prevent uh, a pretty serious situation from developing even further? Uh, so, Sean, in the end, um, you, you know, if we had regulators uh, listening to an interview like this, we would say we really, really rely on the PMRA to make uh, science-based decisions, which they do. Uh, we also need uh, timely decisions that give us a measure of regulatory predictability, like, look, this is what's coming down the pipeline uh, and when. Uh, and we need those decisions to be workable. And so not all those pieces add up uh, on this decision. And it looks like a, a mess is going to be created as a result. Uh, and all of this is avoidable, uh, but that requires an immediate decision from the minister. Minister of Health. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Is there any space here for Minister Bibo and AFC to be involved, or is that this is totally outside of their their sphere? It's related, but it's the Minister of Health jurisdiction. Gord, thanks a lot for joining us here today. Appreciate you, you did a great job yesterday on the panel uh, talking to growers about this, and I appreciate you joining us here today. Thanks very much, Sean.